Our today's guest is Tony Doval. Tony is the founder and the CEO of Life Masters. He is the business soul surgeon and the bulletproof adapt agility mindset guy. Tony enables meaningful, swift success with his mind, grow attainment, and swift action with Pierre's focused approach. He is also founder of the International Coaching and Mentoring Institute. Tony Doval is the founder of ClearX, consciously constructive, revolutionary workplace, high performance methodology, and culture change system. Life Shift Formula One, personal mastery success, insurance system. The Emotionetics, Energy, Consciousness, Healing, his, healing System, the Adapt Agility, Mindset Mastery, and Team Optimization Process. Tony is the Adapt Agility Alchemist who installs growth, optimized mindsets, coaching individuals, teams, leaders, and companies to go from good to great to amazing. Tony, hello, welcome, and thank you for being here today with us in this uh, episode. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm very fine and glad to have you here and looking forward for this uh, conversation with you. Uh, Tony, before we start, please tell us a bit of your background. Where were you before? Uh, what you have done so far and how did you came up with all with all those great things that uh, uh, it was the reason that we met up and we got up together? Thank you. So my background starts right back from my days of high school and the Navy and the military, where I was involved in extensive sports. Um, while I was in the Navy for three years, I also did a lot of surfing. So that's where this, the surfing metaphor comes from, the research. But right from those days and then in Boy Scouts, I've been involved in leadership development, people, teams, leadership and culture. So my Passion has always been people and self-development and self-mastery. My brain, as God gave me, is I'm a techie. So uh, COBOL, RPG, mainframe communications. So I'm, I'm blessed I learn kind of instantly. I'm able to assimilate large volumes of information and then find ways to apply it. Mm -hmm. But my real passion is hacking human software. My real passion is people, is unleashing me and unleashing those around me. So I'm not married. I've never had children. Humanity is my children. So for me, that's the power and the passion is I have an opportunity to be able to share my technical learning and discoveries and explorations and research. And it's been probably 35 years and more than 16 million rand in time and money to get the knowledge, skill and ability that I have. So I, I really love the, the way from the very beginning that we first met that uh, you are coming from uh, Navy and from the sports as also my background is from the military, but also from the special, for, special forms of scuba diving. So the perspectives uh, on the things that we have to discuss together uh, is quite unique from the, from the point of um, co cognition, uh, um, cognitive diversity. So let me uh, start with the with the first question. What is the uh, biggest challenge people have in businesses today? So if you have a business, you have people. And if you have people, you have children. And if you have children, the, as much as we're adults, internally we still have inner child, we've got our beliefs, our values, our identities, our baggage. 
and all of this stuff we bring with us when we get together. And then you've got cultures and different cultures and different races and different languages. So that whole mix of everybody getting together and then working and because you've got home culture and then work culture and you've got your different religions. So there's so many dynamics. And as a leader, trying to get everybody singing from the same hing sheet, aiming in the same direction, pulling together is a huge challenge. And then you've got COVID and all of these stresses that come and slap you on the side of the, the head. So being a leader or a manager, just getting people to be present, present and powerful and unhooking their baggage and unleashing their potential. In the, in the old days, it was a lot easier. Strategies were 20 years or 10 years. Timelines and event horizons were far away. Today, it's now. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's weeks, it's days. I, I saw ChatGPT, within a week, they had a million users. Yeah. I mean, it's the fastest growing software on the planet. And then Microsoft's launched, Google's launched, Adobe's launched, NVIDIA's launched. So, you know, the changes are now daily, not even weekly or monthly anymore. And so the pressure to get people to perform is being increased every day. Mm -hmm. And it's all the soft skills, the creativity, the human part of the process, because this AI is just encroaching so much onto the, the people side of business. Most managers aren't ready for this kind of pressure and need to get more out of their people. Why do you believe that the majority of the managers out there are not ready to handle, to manage this pressure? And I'm asking from the perspective of your military background? Well, re Google's research shows that nine out of 10 managers are not great managers, number one. Mm -hmm. I know in our country, so we have a thing called BEE, which is Black Economic Empowerment. And so we, we are promoting people to a point of incompetence. They are in the role without the ex skills, experience, mindsets, if you know anything about Elliot Jacques' requisite levels, we're putting a person with a, a one-year, two-year thinking capacity into a seven to 10 to 15-year need for thinking. So it's, I think globally, there's a challenge really in, in this whole talent development process. Mm -hmm. And we are squeezing and pushing people up this new, uh, this um, what's it, equity, and DEI and this diversity inclusion, we're now starting to have to balance. In the old days, it was meritocracy. If you were skilled, you had the expertise, you did the job. Today, now there's other pressures and balances and things that you have to consider. And so we're putting people into positions of power and they just do not have the requisite skills, mindsets and experience to be able to perform properly. One of my local clients is the government department. They, they're attorneys and advocates. Mm -hmm. And so they put a two-year experienced attorney running a department of advocates. And it was a racial black, black manager, white people. Uh, the, it was complete chaos. They just weren't able to get that department to perform at all. Because the moment you have this anxiety and you take away any of the psychological safety in a team space, aggression comes up as a natural reaction to the defensiveness and that aggression aggression begets aggression and so it just gets worse and worse
but it's so, a huge need and a huge pressure. Uh, what will happen in a military operation if these things are allowed to happen there? Uh, you're going to fail. You're not going to succeed in any way or form. And, and that's why, I mean, we, I don't think we actually have a military. I shouldn't be saying that, but I really don't think we have an effective military in our country. Okay, but I agree. But uh, my point was that um, in, in the military case, in an operation or in a, in a, in a battle, you, you're going to die. So it is straightforward. Yeah, that's why you're not you're gonna not gonna succeed, not gonna get the goal, and that worst case death. Yeah. Good. Um, so in that case, what skills or mindset uh, do people need to to have today? So there's this whole talk about growth mindsets, and and it's an important thing to have this willingness to learn and grow. What I call constant reinvention of yourself. Mm -hmm. The problem is we're not brought up with those kind of mindsets. We're brought up with this fear-based fixed mindset as a natural style of parenting, um, and especially a majority of the people in our country. What I realized when I was in the Navy and I used to go surfing, that, that whole metaphor of there's going to be waves. If you're on the beach with your back to the waves, you're going to get clutched down and knocked. And I've seen people into the sand, the sand all over them. But there's always going to be waves in life. Number one, know this. COVID is not the first and the last, and the others coming. If you have the right equipment and the right skills, you can actually have fun and do good things in the waves. But whilst I was learning to surf, I didn't have all of the skills to be able to read the signals and paddling time or when I was on the wave, be able to look up and down and decide which, was going to, which way I was going to go. And just more and more as this whole thing of COVID came, I realized we have to adapt. Business, business as usual was completely on its head, but we can't adapt in a day or a week or a month or a year. It's got to be adapting now permanently. And I saw companies completely close down. They lost the shutdown insolvent. And I saw people pivot quickly and mm. started getting involved in, in production of the sanitizers, the masks, the, all of the different things that were needed in those times. And so there were organizations that had the mindset and the willingness to do what it takes to pivot, realign, re-energize, and re-motivate. Whereas there were other organizations that were too slow, decision-making was too far away. They just didn't have the culture and the energy to be able to enable them to, to take advantage because, I mean, there are companies, I, I was in a meeting with somebody who made a million rand on a phone call. That was an individual. And so there were people making huge money in these times. And I think for me, what I realized is, we have to adapt. We have to do it quickly. But we also have to be resilient in how we are behaving because how long is this new upside down world going to last? But whilst you have the resilience, you know, people pushed, the, people got stressed completely to a point there were companies in our, in our country where people were committing suicide. And mm -hmm. so having a balance, Chris, we had to work from home and moms and dads and and the dynamic of responsibility at home 
where now you're trying to do a full day's job, but your husband's there calling for stuff or your wife's calling and the kids are there and the dogs are there and learning Zoom. And so it was just chaos for an average person. For me, it was exciting mm -hmm. in, in the process. But we needed to have a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing the world and of being willing to, to literally constantly reinvent, re-upgrade our knowledge, skill and ability. And we had to be creative. You know, we had to get green screens at home and, and learn the techie stuff. So it was a profound opportunity to see how ready, how future fit people aren't. Because that future suddenly came here. It was right in front of you, not, not a year or two or three away. It was suddenly the next day. You know, it was right in front of you. Okay. So if we could um, um, say... Um five to ten uh, skills that uh, will help in this adaptation or the change to the growth mindset to the um, to the pivoting and all those great things that you just described what would the five let's let's say five five basic skills that uh, will help uh, our audience so number one is awareness. Self-awareness is the foundation. Awareness, whether involved in leadership coaching and team development, awareness is the start of the process. Number two is a willing to, willingness to be really honest, what I call radically honest, because we, we deceive ourselves quite badly. And the, to be read badly, just about behaviors, beliefs, how we are showing up, the beliefs that's running in our head, is, is for me the number two thing. Three is, is fiercely focused on growth. You know, people are, con are cognizant that there's a tiger in front of them. They just don't understand the consequence of not moving. Understand that there's an awareness of not moving. But what is the consequence now that I have to do something and I have to do something fast? Mm -hmm. So that I have to be as focused on in growing yourself learning something every day. As I sit, I have learning some screens around me. Learning some screens are, for me, I have a work learning some, I have a learn screen. I probably do about a hundred gigabytes a month on YouTube and Vimeo, learning the whole time. So, so that, that growth is something that's got to happen constantly. Mm -hmm. Number four is have a coach. Have an, an, an honest coach or a mentor and a coach that will stretch you, that's it, I have you accountable, that will hold that mirror up to you, get you to be critical in your thinking. Uh, I, this is a little bit to the edge of the picture. I had a girlfriend that was a, she had some psychological stuff that was not so, not, not ideal, but she had, uh, like, she was like a channel. And I, I had a conversation with some source energy, which I, for me, it was like God, it was love. But they knew everything about me. And I got to realize how much I was deceiving myself. Because I would say something and they say, but you know, that's not exactly true. And as much as I'm a Boy Scout and integrity matters and truth and honesty matters, we all have this little deceptive aspect where we don't absolutely look hard in the mirror. Look, coaching a mentor is valuable. A, a coach will fast track you five years where you from where you could be and should be so and the final the, the fifth one for me i think you've got to have a, a mindset that i'm here for the bigger picture there's got to be a bigger meaning than just money and 
navel gazing and a new car and new shoes what is your what is the bigger purpose what is it that you really really are about what is your life going to if you disappear today what ripples are out into the, the city the, the country the world the, the universe i think so many people are just so stressed and just pushing trying to get through the day-to-day -day stuff they're un they're unhappy they're happy being unhappy mm -hmm. if that makes any sense Absolutely. and and so they, they're not willing to push out of you know the worm the worm becomes the cocoon the, the pupa mm -hmm. in the cocoon but to get out of that there's a push there's a there's a courageousness there's a seeking for something more than self and for me that's the the thing is to have a a meaning and a purpose that is big enough that you're happy to dance in the rain that you can run away from the storms of life and the challenges of life because you know they're going to pass but yeah. you stay there for you stay there ready for the dance so amazing so with all this we are coming to the next question we are coming to think that it is a huge debate uh especially after the pandemic what's the importance of high performing teams in the workplace well the 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 game the bar has been raised if you look in the old days high jump was about four foot today high jump bar the bars eight foot something mm -hmm. if you look in the old days a pit stop for the formula one was 69 70 seconds in the 50 60s today what's a pit stop it's 1.8 seconds Come on, yeah. i mean it's it's, it's inconceivable that a car can stop, four tires change, and go. And so this bar has been constantly raised by good leaders and that enable their people performance. The work today is so complex that not one person has the cognitive capacity to be fully effective. There's, there's too many moving parts, and the complexity needs a group of people, a team of people. And so that team needs to be suitably skilled, capable to collaborate, connect, communicate, and, and work together, be aligned and, and pull together. Uh, be aligned. I, I saw a picture of guys trying to push a car, and there mm. were four people trying to push a car, and they all, all four pushed at different times. And so the car didn't go anywhere. But when four pushed together, then you can get the car going. And it's the same in the business space of, you might be aiming in the same direction, but are you pulling together in the, in the direction? Sync. Is there a rhythm? Is clarity? Uh, you know, do you have each other's back in that process? So the volume is always going to be turned up. The heat is always going to be turned up. There's going to be com competitive pressure to do more with less. Mm -hmm. Technology is going to enable us to do. I wrote a book. I was packed away. But uh, uh, one of our clients, I'm doing a strategy session tomorrow, um, a team session, performance teams and strategy session, a revolutionary workplace. And she saw my book up on my, my green screen background when I was doing my interview for the pre-event interview. And she said, is that book available? And it was my adaptability book. And I said, it's not available right now. She said, oh, sheep is. I was doing interviews of the seven executives for the day. Mm -hmm. I wrote using ChatGPT. I wrote the book. I spent the next few days doing layout and I printed 13 copies today, which I'm willing to give your guys a, a free download of the PDF that I did. 
but the tools, but uh, my first book took me 27 days. Come on. The next one took five days. Yeah. You know, so, so this exponential pressure and opportunity is there. And so you need, in an, and someone's team, everybody needs to be to a similar standard. When I played in a, like high level hockey, international or South African level hockey, if, you, if you're country level or A team level, to have a, an F team player, it just messes the rhythm of the whole team. And sure. so everybody in a team needs to be capable, credible, competent, and have the capacity to be able to perform at their best. Everybody wants to go far. Just all you've got to do is look at racing cars, uh, look at any of the sports, business, push, push, push make more, be more, have more. You came up with a very critical uh, thing that I'm uh, nowadays I'm discussing it with uh, more and more C-suite professionals, managers, and stuff like that. We are talking for and stuff like high-performing teams that like that. Everybody needs to perform same level. On the same time, we are also uh, spending times uh, reading and resources to the inclusivity. So what is going on? When there is a team member that is not as much as capable as the uh, rest of the team. What do we do with him or her that he needs a, a more slow pace? So here's the challenge. If you have an A team full of high performance players who are going to play for the international championships, you cannot put an F team player as much as you want to put a balance and try. You've got to, you've got to put your best team forward. Mm -hmm. So you've got to create opportunities back in the workplace for mentoring and stewardship and growth and development and testing. But it's like if you were going to do a full on military operation, you're going to use your, your green berets or your SWAT guys. You're not going to use a newbie. You've got to grow them, train them and accelerate that process. All the new Gen Xs and Gen Zs, I was reading some research, they're willing to earn less as long as there's opportunities constant for growth and mm -hmm. learning. And I think the research also shows that executives realize now training is critical. We have to fast track our people in specific soft skills, whereas before skill quite constrained, the executives are realizing strained, invest in my people executives of development has got to become a priority a one and mm -hmm. from executives are consciously constructive there's a, a big move to to create ongoing regular training so when i had my computer company we did an hour's training every single morning monday to friday one hour of training in some some area of training, public speaking negotiation marketing customer service negotiation, our products whatever it is you were part of training and that was 30 years ago that i did that the concept is called deliberately developmental and there's about two or three companies that do it and they're at the extreme level of 50 percent of the day is training and development 50 percent of the day is commercial focus but they have a model that can cope with that i don't see that happening in organizations where they you know allocate four hours a day for training and for me, the human brain can't cope at that level. But every single day, mostly constructive, regular, full day, minutes, every morning, some kind of nibble knowledge, whether it's on your phone, on a pad, um, in small groups, 
this nibble knowledge, growing people up, giving them tests, giving them opportunity. And it's a huge challenge for managers trying to be inclusive because inclusive playing at a provincial level or professional, there's a certain expectation I have of what's happening, how we're going to compete with the opposing teams. Mm -hmm. And business is about competition. You know, it's, if, if, I, if I don't make the sale and you make the sale, why? You know, what, what, where was the, what made, made you better than us? In, was it for customer service? Was it the, what, you know, what part of the process was it? So we need to have channels. I've always had, when I had my radio station, we had a DJ, presenter. They had two understudies, and that understudy studied with them for a year. So mm -hmm. I had a guy come in, Sunny Boy. Um, I was at the Santon City Shopping Center. I needed help. Where do you find help on a Saturday morning just hanging around a shopping center? And I found this little black dude there. His name was Sunny, Sunshine. He wasn't the cleanest, but you know what? I was desperate. We handed out leaflets for the day, and I said to him, Sunny, what do you want to do? He said, I'd love to be involved in the radio. So I said, come. We took him to the radio station. He started just packing away CDs, and then he started getting the CDs, and then he started learning the thing. He eventually ended up having his own radio show in 18 months. And today he runs one of the other studios, but he started as an apprentice to one, but he enters and he learned incremental step by step. He learned the technical, he learned the theory, but together he was in, you want to learn to swim, you've got to be in the water. You, you can all learn all the theory, you know, you're diving, you know, you, you've got an important theory, but the important, you get in the water. And so you've got to find ways to put the people in some situations, but that are not going to be detrimental to your organization. Or not, they do make a mess up. And it's a, it's a big challenge. We have 55 million people that we're trying to get and be involved in business. And that's why we have the B you know, get, and we see it, the B service levels at time. And we've got, we have now, I've had no water for two days. Mm -hmm. We have electricity down. We have electricity down two, two or three times a day for two hours. Because we have, we don't have the full competency in our in our, in our government organizations. This are not available, but they're the wrong color. <laughs> so organizations they are forcing this inclusiveness, but inclusive consequence when you overdo it. So this um, reminds me the things that, with the organization that has to do with the profits. So there is no time for. Uh, training and growing because uh, profit is that matters. So, uh, what would you um, suggest? What would you? Because definitely, a, a company needs profit, but on the same time, they need uh, to 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 grow and to um, make their employees to succeed. I think, and it's important as a as a shifting consciousness from COVID. Mm -hmm. I always talk about people, planet, and profit. I always talk, if you're only hunting for profit, you're what I call as a greeder. Okay. So, so there are real leaders who build their organization, build their people, and they build their people up to be better for when they leave the organization. It's not just for, for their own organization. So, you know, they're people builders. Leaders build more leaders. If you're only KPI or met trick is profit 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 you're a greeder and you're a dinosaur because that level of consciousness is gone um customers are supporting organizations 
there's a lot more transparency in how organizations are showing up and what they're doing for their staff. Mm -hmm. And people are voting with their wallet. And it is going to be an unconscious, uh, very misguided leader that doesn't start to bring this people development, people performance document to the process. So it's got to become a core. 40 years, 50 years ago, I was saying that people will be on the balance sheet. And it's only starting to come now where we're starting to bring people as a, as an, not just a, a resource, but mm -hmm. valuing our people as a, as a meaningful, valuable asset to be developed. To be de what was the worst, the most difficult uh, situation with uh, a client of yours during the years that you are working with organizations and, uh, and leaders? The most difficult probably was I was called to an organization to help build their team and build their people. Mm -hmm. uh, but the leader that was in charge of that department was, was what I would, he was a bleeder. He would harm people emotionally, harm people, occasionally physically. And the problem was he was generating the money. He was generating the profit. And so the shareholders, the greeters, were very concerned about creating any kind of adjustment. And so we, we had a three-day intervention. I did research. I did coaching. And we adjusted him a little bit. Mm -hmm. But his whole life, it had worked for him to scream and shout and throw things to get the people to perform. And so we gave him new ways, turning him into a coach, to bring out the best in people. But if he didn't get something, he would pick up something and throw it and scream. The woman would be crying. No, it, it, was, it was a war zone. Um, but because he was performing so well and delivered so well, the well and like a holy cow, and you, you, you had, I had to find a very sensitive way around him to say, excuse me, sir, but you're harming people. Yes, you're making money, but, but money is not the score here. You actually are harming humans. You're destroying self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence. You're, you're destroying families, single moms that, you know, they got their kids at home. And fortunately, he, he did adjust a little bit, not as much as I would have liked. Self for a full balance of head and heart. Self but he was a little bit better once we gave him new tools. But he, he had to have the new tools and the new consciousness. Okay. What about the best case that ever happened to you? Wow, I have lots. For me, the excitement is when I have a client that wants to do the full process of my workplace. It's, it's open of my surgery. It's what I call corporate surgery. It's emotional. It's mental. It's physical. It's, it's a process that I've refined over 35 years. Because my background is involved quite deeply in healing, in NLP, hypnotherapy, um, um, counseling. So I'm a healer at, at my root, at my core, I'm a healer. Okay. But you, you can't really go into an organization and say, let's, let's heal your heart. I, I've had companies tell me that you can't use that word love. You know, it's like I said, you can't use the word love because you'll lose all the credibility and respect from my directors. And this was an accounting firm, one of the largest accounting firms, accounting. And so the, talk about do you love?
to do? Do you love where you do it? Do you love who you do it with? Do you love where yourself? Do you love who you do around you? Because if you don't love what you're doing, it's a toxic space. How do you expect a person to bring their best if they're not in love with what's happening and the meaning? And so I've had a few clients that have just said, take us. We, we're willing. We trust you. We know you're safe. We've read your testimonials. We know the kind of impact you've had. And so we're going to trust you from the beginning. And I've had, I've, I've had people that hated each other. For eight years, they didn't speak a word. The team was divided on two managers, had this feud of non-speak, not, not even non-speak, hate. And on the second day, the woman came to me. She said, I'm going to do something I vowed I would never do. And I'm going to forgive this other woman. And she went to her and she said, look, I'm sorry. I apologize. Please forgive me. I love you. I'm going to start again. And that's, you know, I, I joke about it, but it's what we do. We turn hate into love. We turn, we turn fear into peace. Our process is profound. It's not stuff you read in a book, but it's a recipe that I've refined. I, I, I feel like a dad. I'm, proud, I'm just so proud of how the people show up. You know? mm -hmm. we actually, if, I don't have a bag in front of me, but on the workshop, we give people baggage, their baggage. I have a psychological process that shows you what you're hiding in your mask. Okay. I think only hmm, maybe two people in my life have got to a point of said to me, I'm not doing this. Thank you. Bye. And that's out of thousands and thousands of people who have come to me and said 15 years later, that what, that what you did with us was the best we've ever had in our lives. Oh, wow. So for me, when I see my clients afterwards um, and they, they, they come running for a hug, it's like, yes, please. We did, we did good. We did good work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, let's talk a bit about your program. What you are doing? What, who is it for? And what is happening during the period that uh, someone will decide to work with you? So I have two aspects of my process. In 1993, when I had the radio station, 93-94, I finally got involved in deep dive personal transformation. Real, what I would... I would probably put on the edge of radical, deep dive, radical, on confrontational, personal, full personal transformation. And I loved the work because I got me back. I would have paid a hundred thousand rand for what I got back from me. So I had all the technical NLP, timeline therapy, hypno, but I didn't have this recipe of this transformation, which I learned from a, a local facilitator that was really, really powerful. And I, I loved the work and I used to do it for personal development weekends with my Phoenix and Dragon Slayers from my Life Masters workshops. But I really saw that there was a need in, the, in business mm. to bring love and peace back to the organizational space. But we, can't, we couldn't do that level of, of deep dive, you know, because it's fully unleash, un, unhook all your baggage. And so I created a recipe and I call it, it's called real. I have three real, three levels in the business. It's real, fearless, and bulletproof are the three levels of the, the team development. It's all under an umbrella called revolutionary workplace. Mm -hmm. And it's, I have a proven culture, a, a proven framework that I've developed through the uh, work of the High Performance Center in Holland under, under Professor Andre Deval, where his mind's Dovale. Plus, I've taken my 35 years of research and blended it for our South African process, and it's called Clear X. And so it's culture, leadership, engagement, 
appreciative action, right mindsets and execution. And that's a framework that's academically validated. It's a proven process to improve the bottom line. So we, we do pre-event diagnostics and measurements, baseline discovery. We facilitate one to five day immersion process with a range of, of activities. Uh, there's front loading of content, there's facilitation of the activity, there's the debrief and then the future pacing of application. And that recipe is, it's like a baker. When you've baked a million cakes, it's here and it's here. You know, you just, you, you just know how to do it. So I have a, a framework, depending on what comes out of the diagnostics. Mm -hmm. I have a 90, a, 60, a Q60, HPO60 and HPO90 that I then realized, right, this wheel is wobbly because I can then slice and dice using, using data. Slicization like Tableau, I, I do an entire organization. I can say, Mr. CEO, that manager's got a huge problem. And we can then go down and look and say, okay, there's a racial issue, there's a mindset issue, there's a culture issue, there's a leadership issue. And then we formulate a process um, using the, the, the human performance technology. Where are we now? Where do we want to be? Mm -hmm. There's a gap. What is the cause of the gap? And there can be a thousand causes of the gap. When you have 20 people or 30 people in the room, all their causes are all different. All their facilitate some kind of process that will address all those, realign, access, put it back through the culture. What improvement do we have? Okay, the gap is smaller. Now what is now what are the causal factors? What are the what are the processes we have to do? And so it's this iterative process to keep closing the gap. So in, in the, the workshops, the weekend workshops or the during the week workshops, I have a framework that starts from people Mindset, attitude, resilience, psychological capital, self-awareness, self-management. Once that foundation is in place, we then do teams, trust, connection, communication, collaboration, conflict, communication, collaboration, the baggage. People have got baggage from their life, from their this life, from their life. We clear that. Clean slate. Absolute forgive clean slate. Mm -hmm. Then it's the leadership effectiveness because... People join an organization for the effective values, but they lead, they lead because of the relationships and the lack of credibility vertically to the leadership and mm -hmm. for the conflicts uh, horizontally. And so people times teams times conscious leadership creates a culture. And that culture needs to have psychological safety as a foundation with care, with consideration, with compassion, but a passion to push, an excitement to thrive and flourish, a meaningful goal and dream. And so we use appreciative inquiry as that framework to, we've been successful in the past. What does success look like? How do we 10X our success? So I have a, a bolt on to the process called building a killer company. Mm -hmm. So the, the concept is kill yourself before your competitors do, you know, eat yourself before your competitors force you to. <laughs> and so what do you need to do to become a 10X organization? And we've had government departments go from 200 million to 800 million revenue with a three-day workshop. All right. So, no, it's, pro it's profoundly powerful in the personal experience, but the consequences downstream on the financial and the, the organization and the culture are profound and they, they, they're sustainable. They, you know, my research shows 
um, the one organization I went back 12 years later and the guy said, what you did with us was the best we've ever done. It went the deepest and it's lasted the longest because we still use the concepts and the philosophies today, 12 years later. Amazing. And where, where are you located? I mean, uh, uh, conducting these uh, programs uh, to your uh, territory or you are also working globally? So I'm in Johannesburg, South Africa. And I work across the country quite regularly. Um, we do in Africa. I'm going to Sierra, Sierra Leone soon. We've done Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Malawi, um, Zim, um, on the left, Namibia. Mm -hmm. I've done some work in the States, been in London, um, done some stuff in, over in, in Europe. Um, so most of my new work has been mostly locally here and in Africa in the last 10 years. Um, but it's, it's starting to, we're starting to get inquiries from further and further out because the people are realizing this is not your normal team building per se. It's, you know, it's creating a revolutionary workplace. In fact, my, this is the, this is the manual. This is the, for my revolutionary workplace process. For my, it's, it, this is the substantial body of work. Well, it's 16 million rand in time and money here, but it's not just it's not just stuff you can read in a book. It is a process in reading. You must experience process to be and go through it. And there's a, there's a very often because I have a facilitator that I've been training for 12 years that works with me. And then we have two or three other support facilitators. We have two of us, but at this moment in time, we're probably going to open it up to a global of global coaches to come and learn the process up to and become a, a like a, an agent of coach of the revolutionary workplace. But very often, it's my facilitator says, "Where is it?" Because there's this subtle shift that suddenly the energy and the dynamic in the room changes, mm -hmm. and it's an energetic thing. Um, but it's because we create a context, a safe context, a very, very safe context. It's confidential. People sign confidentiality, uh, public confidentiality. Um, we have stuff on the walls. There's second degree learning all around the walls. It's, it's, it's a refinement and constantly improving. How do we tweak? How do we optimize? So as much as I'm there to tweak their Ferrari and get them to go better, we're doing our own process uh, as well. I think what makes it also valuable is this is my purpose, my passion. I would do it for nothing. I do do it for nothing for, for some of our hospices and, and our people, you know, the, the, the nonprofits, we help them. But this is what, what is what this, this grabs my, my juice. This is what I'll go through the storm. You know, when I spoke earlier about purpose and passion, this is me. It's why I'm on the planet. It's, it's the reason that I'm, that I'm here is to unleash and awaken humanity's consciousness and bring more love. Awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm part of a mankind project. We do healing work for men. Mm -hmm. As part of that initiation process, um, we do a, a visioning, you know, you go across the river and you meet your guides and you come back with what is your mission or your vision. And so mm -hmm. here's mine, which is a men's workshop. So as a man amongst men, I co-create a world of more, man amongst more integrity, freedom, love, abundance, meaning, peace, and joy. So I think that's what's missing in the world. And I do that by providing coaching, 
training, talks, workshops, and support for those who are ready. Because there's some people that are so asleep, you're just not going to wake them up. Mm. Just, they're, not, they're just not ready to look inside and unhook and unleash more of their potential. Um, but they'll be ready one day. We'll be around. I'm still got another 30 years of, of dancing to go. And we're going to pay it forward. So, you know, if we get the coaches to start to take this around the world, uh, we'll, we'll leave a legacy. And that, that for me is, is to leave a legacy of bringing love back into business. You definitely have uh, our, our support on that. You know that I admire your work and uh, your job. Uh, so where uh, people that are interested on all those interesting things that you are doing uh, down to Africa, where can uh, find you? Where can they read more about you? Where can they come in contact with you? So my website domain is Life Masters, L-I-F-E-M-A-S-T-E-R-S, dot co dot za i have you can do a search online for tony dovale you'll find me i'm very visible on youtube and generally up there i've made a special page for your listeners to give them a free copy of my adapt agility book mm. so they can download a pdf uh, it will be lifemasters.coza .co.za front slash book adaptability. So I can send you the link that you can include to the process. And that's my gift to, to your people out there. All I ask is that they pay it forward. Um, you know, they're forward. For me, the concept of what um, is profound prayer forward. Mm -hmm. And I think we could impact humanity on a level if we just started to engage in, in paying it forward um, in meaningful ways. When I had the radio station, we had a random act of kindness, and we we said to just just do a random act of kindness for somebody, and psychologically it shows that it's it's good for you, from a point of view of, of motivation and de-stressing, but it's also good for the other person too. So, so as as my random act of kindness, I'd like to give your guys a copy of the PDF, um, but I'm available to do. Zooms and Teams, you know, I've done quite a lot of stuff around the world during COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, I did quite a lot of volunteering for organizations because times are tough. Organizations in suicide, um, they were alone. And as leaders now, please be aware, there's still high levels of burnout, stress and duress. Just because we're back into the, the business, people haven't had a chance to come into the pits because now like push harder, push, get back up to speed again. Mm -hmm. And so in my, all of my research, the burnout levels are still substantial. So teaching people to be resilient, teaching them the adaptability skills, allowing them to re-energize. Because without energy, you can have great dreams, but you're not going anywhere. So, you know, and that's why our process is so powerful because we reclaim the energy that you're losing into your past, into your anger, into your hurt, into your blame and shame. We give you that energy back. I've had people heal, stop tablets, don't need glasses. Profound stuff has happened in, in our workshops. So I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed beyond blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, both for your uh, contribution to our podcast, definitely for your uh, kind offer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
that was Tony Duval. Um, all the links and the information about him down to the, uh, to the description. Tony, thank you very, very much for accepting, first of all, the invitation to, uh, to contribute on in this podcast and for being here today. Spiro, thank you for all of the work that you're doing and spreading the love and the light um, and the commitment and the time and effort that you guys put in. You know, may you be blessed and flourish and thrive as you put out your work into the world. Thank you for everything that you bring as well. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here to another Buka Leadership episode. Uh, looking forward to seeing you to our next one. Have a great rest of the day, all of you. Bye-bye.